lads, I've got a confession to make. Actually, can I ask you a question to start with? No, oh, it's one or the other. Confession or question? I'll go question. Okay. Does my skin look good to you? You look... I mean, I thought it was a filter, but... Oh, fucking podcast. Oh. Am I doing the wrong podcast? No, no, just bear, bear with me. Bear with me, right? Because, because, because... I'm so glad that you said it was a filter. So... You know, my missus is like a beauty therapist and she does all skin treatments and whatever. So she said to me there on Friday, she said, um, look, do you want me to give you this micro needling treatments? Because Jim Tank, you know, I'd say Tank doesn't give a shit, but I know you would, Jim, as a metrosexual man. We're getting a little bit older. A bit of micro needling, yeah. A bit of micro needling, right. So my missus said, look, I'll give you this treatment. It's 250 quid. Well, you got uh, to pay your missus. No, it's I'm getting it for free. That's I was what I'm saying. Say, lad, fucking hell. Well, you should have tell her go fuck herself. 200, 250 quid. Anyway, uh, lads, look what she did to my face. Listen to the noise of this needle. Hang on a minute. I pray to that lad. That, that needle, <laughs> that lad. <laughs> That did sound. <laughs> Jimmy's face is all excited. I'm a concerned what's going on below that picture on the phone. Look at my head. Look at the blood on my head. You see that? There's something going up your poop cheap there. <laughs> <laughs> lad, that looks brutal, that lad. Mate, that I blood? swear. Lad, mate, look at what my face was like after it. How long did that, that last for? Why so? So, to be fair, this is why I was asking the question about my skin. For for two, three days, I looked like a Burns victim. Like, it looked so bad. Like, honestly, I had to <laughs> I had to do works calls Fucking with a woolly hat on. I to, yeah, I had, to, <laughs> uh, I had to do a works call with woolly hats on. But anyway, all the scars have gone now. And you're saying, Jim, my skin looks like I've had a filter, I think it looks yeah? half decent, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'd, uh... Take I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm fortunate, me lads. I've never had a spot in me fucking life, really. And I only swim my face with me on bath water. So that works. Thanks, tips here. <laughs> Thanks, beauty tips. Fucking hell. But you're wrinkly as fuck, lad. You might not have I'm had 46, a 46, you ugly cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, lads, how are you? Before I tell you my uh, skin care treatments. Uh, Jimbo, how's the week been? Yeah, good, mate. Um, back to 40 this weekend, so... Kids forty back on yesterday. How'd he get on? Got battered, mate. Well, actually, that's a lie. First game he got battered, he played Peterborough, but they had a load of under-10s in. And when I say under-10s, I'm talking under-10 Giants, right? Um, so the first beards game he got battered. Eh? They had beards and stuff. Mate, like, I'm sure one of them had a drink of Carlin at half-time. Um, <laughs> but um, first game he got battered, but they were a bit rusty. Um first game back and then uh second game they 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 turned it on a bit and not joking you this number seven and this, he scored they lost six four and he scored all six goals he's about as tall as you jay but he's so dead shot tall then yeah dead yeah dead tall, tall. Yeah. for a 10 year old i mean not for an adult <laughs> but he's shot mate honestly and we for some strange reason and i don't know i don't like the balls that burton have Oh, we like, are. He's gone full clap here, Tank. He's going to start blaming the balls here. Look no, at this. No, 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 no. Like, but they're dead. Like, they're pumped up to, like, extreme. Like, it's like a boulder. Like, some of the kids were crying after kicking it. Honestly, they were <laughs> so hard. So this fucking number seven absolutely blasting balls. He's about nine foot tall to, to the rest of our under nines. And fucking kids are getting hit. 
going down like they've been hit with a cannonball because the balls fucking rock hard. But there you go. Yeah. So you Good. took it well then, Jim. Yeah. Took the feet yeah. well. Mate. Yeah, we did. I mean, to be fair, it, uh, Arch was awful the first game. He uh, he wasn't his usual self. Then he uh, turned it on the second game, and he had that number. He played in defence one for about ten minutes. He had that number seven on toast, so not bad. Can't complain. Good stuff. Tank, any crack with you? Quiet, mate. Quiet. To be honest, the weekend never done a great deal. Just took Jack back to football. Um, he's in full swing again now. Some, yeah. You had him. You sent us a picture. You had him out running over Christmas. You were giving him some uh, drills in the garden. Well, to be fair, he's, he, he got a program like, and uh, they had to fucking. Um, they've got like I don't know what it is. They got like an app on the phone, so and he's got his Apple Watch and it converts the stuff on what they're doing. Oh, so so they can you track know, everything he can, that he's he doing. Can track, but and to be fair to the kid, he fucking he done all of that. And he done a bit extra. So I just got me out fucking Mickey Adams at Leicester City, um, the old fucking um, the flower run. It's a bastard. It's an absolute bastard. Why so? Why so? Is that is that like stained you forever? Like it was that bad? Just a horrible run, and it doesn't even. Do you know when you're doing it? It doesn't really sound bad, but it's like it basically you, you've got the centre circle, which Mickey used to call the centre of the flower, so that's there, and then you've got cones like the halfway line all the way round the pitch, like poles, and you've got to go round the pole, and you make like a flower thing. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, mm. I get you. And if you don't break the halfway line, you've got to go into the half the centre circle and come back out. And I remember we were doing it. Um, at Leicester, and it, it, honestly, it's a it's a fucking killer because it's so long as well. Because you, you can imagine you're going all the way round, then you got to go around the whole pitch and start back where you are, and then you've got to do it with a ball. So if you don't break the centre circle, like he just says, if you don't do it, you, I'll just fucking I'll stop it. You start from the beginning, and we were on. I think we had like only three poles to go, and one of the young kids fucking never broke the centre circle, and he went stop back oh. to your poles, you cheating cunts. So you all had to do it. See him, that cheating little cut, and like the fucking kid got battered. Like, because <laughs> you've got like senior play, like, you know, your Jerry Taggart to and Matty Elliott, who running isn't their forte. So we're three runs away from like fucking <laughs> oh, no. death, and you've got to go back and start again. Oh, did so you do I'm it? Did you all go back and do it? You, you had to start again. If you don't break the circle, he's fucking Mickey was ruthless. I used to love it. He was like, yes. Yes, he's not done it. Start again. All back in the original polls. So you can imagine. It's like about fucking 12 or 14 runs. I'm a three away and this young kid never broke the centre circle. And he was never seen again. Lads, I want to start off by talking about the FA Cup, right? Because obviously it was FA Cup weekend this weekend. Um, we've all had our own experiences in the FA Cup. Uh, Tank certainly more than, than me and Jimmy. Uh, first question before we dive into some of the results and some of the talking points that's coming out of the weekend is do you is there a way that we can make the FA Cup restored to its former glories and the reason I say that is right I don't know if you saw the FA Cup draw right but it was absolutely dog shit like do you know the way that you know the way that the FA Cup used to be all exciting and you'd be buzzing off the draw and I just feel you're looking at some of the attendances of the games over the weekend, really poor. I just feel like the FA Cup has lost a lot of its magic, not to the lower clubs, because it's still a lifeline for a lot of those in terms of the revenues that they'll get in. And me and Jimmy would have seen firsthand some of the clubs we played for over the years, how much a good FA Cup run can, can basically make a club sustainable uh, for the next two, three, four years. 
What do you make of it, Tank? Do you just feel now that these kind of top tier managers see it as more of an opportunity or hindrance in a way to, to their seasons in that it's another game to play? You've then got to factor in potential replays, which, you know, in an already cluttered football calendar is some is a headache that managers don't need. Do you feel like it's just, you know, it's conflicting the rest of the football calendar. It's causing issues that way. I think the problem that you've got with it, it's completely and utterly lost all of its credibility, the FA Cup. And it, it, I don't like what, what it's become because, you know, we're probably all the same. When we were a lot younger, you know, the FA Cup was the fucking... It was the Cup. That yeah, was it, it was, wasn't yeah. it? You know, we've, it was the league and then the FA Cup above everything. Do you remember they used to start the build-up at like 12 o'clock of yeah, the cup final? The FA Cup final was unbelievable. I mean, I remember the fucking Liverpool 11 Cup final. It was like, it was a weekend full of fucking like, you can't wait, you, you know, it's just... And now, I mean, you take, an, you take an example, you look at Forest, 11 changes and they get beat 4-1 at Blackpool. Um, I think the only Premier League side that actually went fucking strong were Liverpool and they were shit. <laughs> but when you when you I mean you look at Aston Villa, they've rested plays. But you know what I think? Do you know what I think it is, Jamie? I think there's there's that much pressure on top flight clubs like Premier League clubs, straight from the top to bottom. There's that much pressure to either win the league, get Champions League, get Europa League, or stay in the league. I think that I think that that is. If you if you every chairman and board and directors of every Premier League club every single season say like the bottom eight is stay in the Premier League that's it stay in the Premier League. Now I looked at the Forest and I I I knew Forest addressed a lot of players because they've just started getting a little bit of momentum. He seems to have found the squad, the playing, the uh, the starting eleven, what he wants. You know they've just had they've had some really good performances. They beat. Um, Southampton away, they drew a home at Chelsea, and then you've got the FA Cup coming. So the last thing that Steve Cooper as a manager wants is one of his or two of his starting eleven picking up a thigh injury, a hamstring, because that fucks the momentum what you've got carrying forward. And I think every single club is thinking that way at the minute. I just think it's kind of like it's league at all costs for the big boys to, you know. I even look at the, you know, you look at the championship. You look at the championship. Quite a lot of them like rested the hell of a lot of their starting eleven because everything for them is Premier League playoffs. We've got to get there. Fuck the FA Cup. You know, clubs like Forest are probably thinking we're never going to win the FA Cup anyway. So yeah. I'm resting all the players to stay in the league. Yeah, it's nearly like the clubs are now just following the money and the money doesn't seem to be in in an FA Cup run for, for the top teams anyway, I would say. And Jim, one thing that was interesting for me is I was looking at Jesse Marsh's comments yesterday. They were talking about he'd obviously rotated um, with Leeds and his line was, was interesting. He turned around and he said, to be honest, if we were playing in the Premier League today, the lineup would have been similar because... There's no way certain players can play any more minutes at the moment. So you've also got what Tank was saying there around priorities, but also you've got the other side of it, the sports science side of it, where there's so much football on at the minute. It's just so hard to try and make these yeah. games as competitive and put on the spectacle that we all want. Yeah, and Tank took the words out of, out of my mind in, in what I was thinking is, you know, any any regardless of whether you're finishing first or 20 20th in the premier league 
the first remit on any Premier League managers is to stay in the league, regardless of where you are, because that's where the money is. Now, 20 years ago, the FA Cup was probably one of three opportunities for English teams to win a trophy. Now you've got Community Shield, you've got Champions League, you've got um, you know World Club Championships if you win that. There's so many trophies on hand that it's probably not, and it's not a viable, since the Premier League has been formed, the gap between top six to eight to the rest of the league is just so far flung now that you're not going to get a Portsmouth winning the FA Cup as they did under Harry Redknapp. It's not going to happen. It's either going to be one of the usual suspects or maybe someone in the Premier League like, um, well, you know, you take a Brighton maybe, but it's not that much of a, of a surprise. At. So that's why I think a lot of it has lost that impetus of, of importance. But um, around game time, so let's have it right. A lot of these players who get rotated should still do a job, you know, regardless of how, how unmatched fit he should be. Because you, you know that that eleven that came in for Forest still training every day, um, they should beat Blackpool. Um, I didn't see the Villa side, so I didn't I didn't see what the rotations were. But even still, they they that as a player coming in, you should be wanting to do well in that game because you want to play other games. So it's actually more embarrassing for me if you're changing your team. And you're losing because them players that tells me they have a put. Yeah, that tells me that you've got a you've got a strong eleven, and everyone else doesn't give a shit. Whereas when you know someone like a city rotates, their players coming in because they rotate so often and they've got the squad to do so. They're they're coming in on well, not in form, but they're you know they're not cold as such. It's, It's a warm start for them. So, you know, I think managers need to get better at it. But at the end of the day, I bet not anyone's remit at the start of the season as a Premier League manager is win the FA Cup. That's never in the will be in the top one or two because it'll be win the league, stay in the league or qualify for Europe because that's where the cash comes in. And that's I'll what say- every... Oh, go on, mate. No, I was just saying that's what every every business wants, isn't it? For for or any Premier League chairman wants is is more income. Well, I'll say to you, building on that tank, I'll say to you, Liverpool went all out for all the Cups last year and their legs have fell off off this year. So what does that say to you? Unless you have the squad to compete on all fronts, I don't know if if the juice is worth the squeeze because Liverpool look completely and utterly dead this year after going all in for for the league and the FA Cup. Yeah, it it is. And you're right, it's kind of like... And Liverpool have got one of the biggest squads in the Premier League as well. So and you can't look at like you know, yeah. and they still couldn't cope with it. So you've got to look at your likes. For me, for me, looking at that, I think the prize money for winning the FA Cup. I might be wrong here, but I think it's about two and a half, three million for the winners, roughly. Now, say for instance, if a Brighton rest all their players and then win two or three games extra, each place in the Premier League's worth a fucking million. Mm-hmm. So if you're twenty second in the Premier League and you finish twenty first, you get a million extra. So it's kind of like, as Jimmy said there, the, these boards of directors are known. It's all about money. You know, do you either do you take a chance on winning the FA Cup where you're only going to get two or three million prize money or do you rest it and just target the Premier League and hope that you can get an extra two or three places and keep a fit squad? 
I just think it's just kind of like the, it's also a money thing for me to be honest, lads. I just think there's that much money in the Premier League and the the Champions League and to get so far up the league that the FA Cup doesn't matter. It's I just had a, I just had a look there. It's two million, two million for the winners, a million for final runners up, semi final losers, five hundred grand. Uh, semi-final so, winners, you get a million. So, you know, if you're comparing that, that, that's it, yeah. Um, a couple of the results... Are, it, so, if you're looking at the big clubs, it's not worth it. No, no, definitely. And then you've got the, the next stage of that. If the big clubs don't give a shit and they put the second or third string out in some cases, it's just, it's not the spectacle that, that anybody wants to see anymore. Um, and then you've obviously got the, the competing interests of all the different... Um, governing bodies who want their fixture played at a certain time and no one's talking to each other and ultimately the players are knackered. They're right injured. It's just all, all a little bit of a mess. But that said, I mean, looking at some of the games, we would, we were actually a little rushed putting the agenda together this morning. So I was like, Tank, what, anything you want to talk, talk about? And the first thing you said was Everton. And you've been very vocal in talking about Frank Lampard the limitations of what you believe to be the limitations of Frank Lampard. I actually had a discussion with my cousin over the weekend and he... The one on Twitter was decent. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was my cousin, yeah. So he, so he was basically saying that there is a media narrative around Frank Lampard at the moment. He's, he's massively in favour of Lampard. He feels like it's other people's... Other, other people at Everton should be more accountable, i.e. the board, people making the signings. He feels like Lampard gets a rough end of the deal. I'm not giving an opinion either way at this moment in time, but it was interesting to hear Connor Cody's comments when he came out off the back of the result and talked very, very glowingly around Frank Lampard and what an impact he's having. Where do you sit? Well, I know where you sit on this tank, but what do you what do you make of of that side of the story for the Everton? Well, fans? let's just deal with Connor Cody. Connor Cody's only on loan and is desperate to come back home and desperate for a nice contract and desperate to get a move to Everton. So he's going to tell that Frank Lampard's the greatest thing. Frank Lampard's the greatest fraud in football at this moment. There is no bigger fraud than Frank Lampard. Let's just say something about like you talk about this Man City results, right? I'm I'm a UEFA A license coach, and I can tell you now, I could have got that group of Everton players and said, "You bastards, stay behind the ball, all eleven of you, defend like fuck, defend deep, five across the back, five across the middle, and we hope to God we just catch them on the break and someone scores a goal." That's the easiest thing in the world in world football to coach. A defensive structure like that to get everyone behind the ball, camped in your own half, and have no pro- full process of attacking whatsoever. That is the easiest thing in world football to coach. So I ain't giving them any credit for putting 11 men behind the ball against Man City, who, by the way, are not in great form themselves when you look at their run. They got a last-minute goal at home against Fulham. They got beat by uh, Brentford 2-1 at home, and they drew at Everton. So it's not the Man City what we all used to and accustomed to see. So the fact that he got a one-all draw is fucking nothing, because them one-all draws, that's not going to do for Everton. He then got it's, found it's out the in a game where he had to win, Jamie. He had to win that Brighton game. And he opened up and went expansive. And what happened? They got absolutely smashed 4-1 by Brighton. And could have been a lot more, by the way. He's had £150 million to spend. So where's the... I think there is an agenda with Frank Lampard in the media. And I think it's all pro-Lampard because he should be getting absolutely dog abuse. Rafa Benitez had a zero budget. Zero budget. 
and he could only bring loan players in. He brought Andres Townsend in and free, and Damari Gray for the free. And he's probably Everton's best player now, Damari Gray. And I just think he's the biggest bluffer. And there's only one way Everton are going to go, and it's down unless they make a change fast. Lowest points per game, Jim, now Lampard, across the last seven Everton managers with Roberto Martinez at 1.56. Lampard uh, is the lowest at 1.07 below Rafa Benitez. Um, where are you on this? Do you Because I do find it interesting. I know what Tank means. There seems to be certain people within the media who don't want to call out Lampard. But then when speaking to Everton fans, because he seems to get Everton and he's, they're yeah. bought into to, to him... Uh, and his feelings for the club, and he's a you know, they see him as a blue, and all this. I, I just find it interesting how you can have totally contrasting narratives around the same manager. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Lampard's star is waning in, in Everton. I was fairly impressed with what he'd done, um, in, in getting him solid, but it's all well and good getting someone solid, but then you've still got to go and score goals, and then it seems like the uh, solidness of of the defence has, has waned a bit. But I'm also in agreement with Ray in that the Everton always had a stability at board level. It was Ken Wright and then you know the managers, and there was it was fairly stable under Martinez, David Moyes, um, with Big Dunk there. So there was some sort of stability, and then. Since Mashir has come in, it seems to have gone a bit ski with. So you still got Ken Wright involved. You've got Mashiri. I don't know. The, there's a lady there in there. I forgot her name. I don't know the lady's name. And it seems to be a lot of discord from board down to pitch. So I can understand that from from an Everton fan because although Mashiri came in and was seen, it was you know I think he had. Uh, he's got a lot of cash, but their transfer policy was is worse than at, uh, Chelsea's, and they bought the wrong players in the wrong positions uh, from the wrong clubs, and Lampard's seemingly trying to get him into a team. So I can understand Everton fans defending Lampard, but I, for me, I think they need a change in there. But they need someone. So, I look at you know I, was, I saw a Stoke fan saying that they were looking back at Pulis when they were because it wasn't long ago when they were in the FA Cup final they were playing shit football but they're in the Premier League they can't buy a win now and and uh, language what you wish for exactly so do you get in a manager that comes in gets everyone behind the ball knows how to score on the counter and you stay in the Premier League or do you stay with Lampard who was seemingly brought in to play decent football, I would assume, because of his, you know, the, his past and who he's played for and teams he's played in and his achievements. Um, but seemingly he's gone the other way and just chucking ten men behind the ball. So I, I can understand Everton's uh, fans' sort of disinterest in the board because it is a mess at the top. But that doesn't. What do It doesn't take away from the manager, though. It doesn't mean that Lampard gets a free pass because of the, they're a mess at board level. He's still got to put a team out and put get results, and he's not doing that. 
Um, and you know, it, it, I, don't, I don't get what Everton fans want. I mean, I've got a few mates who are Everton fans, and what, what do they want? What do they think they are? You know, I know Ray was saying on Twitter that there's an agenda against Frank, but there should be because he's absolutely flopped. Everton have been in massive decline since the, the and let's get this right the fans hounded out Sam Allardyce and Sammy Lee. They finished eighth in the Premier League and had cup runs. And since they've and they, they did hound them out, they were chanting every game that they want them out and get them out and you know protesting against the bro the board to sack them. They finished eighth in the Premier League. Third best points uh, per game, Sam Allardyce out of that list at seven list of Everton managers. He wasn't there long. Hmm. So this is the this is the thing I I find interesting. Right? Is if I said to you now, Tank, and I know the I know what your answer is going to be because you've spoke well about him in the past. But if if you said now. Everton have got a big stadium on the way. It's not like they're flush flush with cash. You know, not, not a lot of football clubs are these days. If they go down now, it could be really detrimental for, for, for yeah. them to, to return. If I said to you now, who gave Everton the best, who would give Everton the best chance of staying in the Premier League? Frank Lampard in its current guise, there's rumours that they're after the likes of a Dan, Danny Ings who, for the record, I think would be a good signing for Everton because he knows where the goal is. He, he, he run the channels well, give them a bit more dynamism. I think it makes sense. So they're clearly looking to address that top end of the field. I don't think anyone can account for Calvin Lewin's drop off. I think he's, he doesn't look doesn't look great. Not drop off. He's just made a chocolate, isn't he? Like, I mean, he's just his bones and his but consistency Daniel and goals. Story, you can't rely on Daniel you can't, you can't rely on him, mate. He's for as good a player he is. If he could stay fit, he'd be he'd be challenging. He wouldn't be at Everton for starters, and he would be challenging Harry Kane for um, England position. But he can't There's say absolutely fit. no chance he, play, he challenges Harry Kane on what on the back of one good season. I think no, he's my point is he's, he's, a, he's a decent player and he's good. He's good enough. But if you can't stay fit, you can't say, look at Daniel Sturry since he had that Everton, Everton that Liverpool season with Suarez. He should have been going on and doing some amazing things, but he can't stay fit. So he's, you, your career just declined. If you can't get games, you can't do anything about your career, can you? So that's the thing. Everton weren't accounting for that. But if I, if I said to you now, Tank, who gives Everton the best chance of staying in the Premier League? Frank Lampard in the current setup with the current players, give or take, maybe bringing in a striker or two, or Sean Dyche, who keeps Everton in the Premier League? Because I just... I, I, can't understand how an Everton fan would be that loyal to Lampard and not look at this and go, I don't fancy our chances there. It's a three points yeah. off the bottom of the league. Yeah, no. Listen, there's not even a, a debate. I mean, I've been forced to love to, to work and see Sean Dyche's work closely and the man doesn't get the recognition he should do. And I've said this many times on the podcast. People just see him as this, you know, let's you get it right. big into it, data as well, didn't you? Hugely into data. I mean, I was fortunate, and I've said this many times on this podcast, I was fortunate enough to go through the analysis the pre-match analysis, which was recorded, and all of us coaches at Burnley to Tambler were allowed to watch it when um, Dyche was basically going through all the analysis and how Burnley were going to structure and set up to play against Liverpool at Turf Moor. And it was fucking outstanding. It was outstanding to watch. And then we were fortunate enough to watch the clips of the game and they beat Liverpool. You probably remember the game. And he was just like, we stay narrow and let them cross balls into the box all day long. And all he's done is just heads on a stick, bop, bop. Andreas Gray on the break, bang, beat Liverpool 1-0. And honestly, it kind of like opened my eyes and to think, fuck, he's, he's exceptional. 
Hmm. You know, because it was like, and he must have been drilling. I, I didn't see that, but he must have been drilling the players on the training ground. This is how we do. This is how we do it. And you've got to take into consideration. He's like, it. It wasn't even a top half championship budget what he was on. Mm-hmm. You know, there was not many Burnley players on twenty grand a week in the Premier League. So you know what he done with that Burnley side. I'll be honest with you, I'm not too sure. It's an attractive proposition right now, Everton, because there's clearly no funds there to go in and make changes because this go uh, the Jordan Pickford contract situations. A funny one for me. I don't know whether you've seen that. Rumours Spurs are after him, aren't they? Well, everything's agreed. The contract's done. Everything's agreed. But the club haven't forwarded the contract on to be signed. It's like, you know, you've got your England international goalkeeper there. Hmm. And you've offered him a contract. And it's been like, I was reading about it the other day. And it's three weeks now. And you're kind of like... What's the delay? What's the delay? If all parties have agreed, the lad wants to stay. Frank Lampard was on the telly saying he wants to stay. You know, we hope we can get it sorted. Well, if it's all sorted, why is it not signed? So I'm not too sure there's money there for a new manager to come in. Any any manager where the salt will want to come in and bring that they're poor. They need they need players. But if there's no place to come in, Sean Sean Dyke should come in there and make them solid. They they'll be set plays and they'll be tough, very tough to beat, and they will hit teams on the break like Burnley used to. Talking of uh teams making signings, Jim, Chelsea. You see that segue? You like that one? That's yeah. all right there. Um, Chelsea obviously spending, looking to spend the cash, probably ruffling a few feathers while they, they do that. Uh, talk around Enzo Fernandez and messing the player around, the club around, not making too many friends. But look, they're, they're, they're making signings. Graham Potter, are the vultures, we said it last week, are the vultures starting to circle? Has he just been a little bit unlucky that he's had to play City back to back here? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because there's, there seems to be this chain of thought now that the narrative is changing slightly around him. And I think he's a great coach. I just don't know if Chelsea was the right club for him at this time. It just feels like he's caught between a rock and a hard place and he's probably not going to be given given the time that, that he, he probably deserves. Answer me a question then before I go into it. When was the last time a, a manager from a seemingly lower end of the table who's gone to a bigger club done well? Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool. I mean, he had a decent season, I'll give him that. But he you were expecting un- me to pull that one out the no, back pocket but- there, <laughs> That's still one of the most entertaining sides I've seen at Liverpool. But it's <laughs> when you've I've got Suarez you, and Sturridge you, as well as Coutinho, mate. I think I, 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 I think I, I've absolutely killed you there. Sorry, you haven't. You haven't because I think I, my point is the transition. The point is, from, I'm just going to ignore your point and we're going to get no, carry no, on no. anyway because he got sacked in the end anyway, didn't he? So they all do, Jim. At some point. So the transition from. Lower league, no, not lower league, but you know, a seemingly smaller club to a larger club doesn't usually end well. The reason why these elite managers do the roundabouts because they know and have the experience of dealing with one of several things: expectations of the board, expectations of fans, l- larger than life players, world class players who players with attitudes. If you're in a lower-end club, you don't usually have that because you can't afford them luxuries. 
You know, you've got someone, if you're fighting at the bottom, you've got someone who's not pulling their weight, usually just get rid of them. It's easy, because one, they won't be on that much money. Two, it's easier to do so. At the top end, it's not that easy on bigger wages, large contracts, um, and it's it's it makes it difficult for that manager. So what works at one club doesn't necessarily always work at another club. And I've never, as I said, Mate, other than Brendan Rodgers, who had a good season, the transition period is never easy, and not easy, and they never—they seemingly never get the time to to put into place what they did so well elsewhere because they're not afforded them luxuries. So, but I could understand why the vultures are, are circling around Graham Potter. He's he's is a great coach. He's done a great job at Brighton, and. Unfortunately, the Premier League, if you go to one of these clubs, a Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, people want results straight away. And he isn't doing that. And, he's, and the worst thing about it is there doesn't seem to be a change in any way of um, playing. So he's not being able to stamp his style onto the team for me. So what he did so well at Brighton, he's just seemingly unable to do at Chelsea. So that makes his job even harder. Um, and then now players are being bought again. Doesn't seem like he has much say in it. Todd Bowley's buying all the best young talent across Europe and the world and chucking them in and probably expecting them to play. Um, so he's then got to find a system to get them in. He's got players there that I would, count as deadwood that needs to be to be shipped out so he's got it's an odd job and he's seemingly failing at the minute so i'd like to think he gets time but i think he's got to the end you know they're not going to obviously go down he's got to probably got to the end of the season and i think they'll all look at something else in and around europe you've been complimentary haven't you tanker chelsea's business i think chelsea's business is absolutely out of this world Really? Out of this world. I think Graham Potter has been the most unluckiest football manager in world football right at this minute. He signed no plays in the summer. None of them are his plays. You go through Chelsea's unavailable plays at the minute. Oh, um, we yeah. think, we think Liverpool's having a bad time. They they are absolutely decimated with injuries. Before the kickoff against Man City in the league, they lost play, they had two, but in five minutes, sorry, they lost they lost three plays. They lost one in the warm-up and two come off within five minutes. So I, I read, but you look at the bit, and I, I don't think I'd like to see them, uh, their owner, and I think he will to come out and just say, "Fuck you, he's staying." He's my man, yeah. I because I, I think Graham. Po- let's go through. Let's go through their signings. What they've made. The boy from Leicester to centre half. One of the for me, one of the best young up and coming centre halves in world football. They got the other centre half from. Um, can't stay fit no time. That's his issue, mate. Well, he's not really. He, he signed injured, didn't he? So they knew he was injured. But the business for me, I'm telling you now, the business what they done. Put it this way: if it was Liverpool making these signings, I'd be like, "We're fucking all right, you know. We'll take this season. These will come we'll, good. Yeah, we'll take this season. We'll have a. We'll we'll take a beat in the season. But fuck me, we've got to. If they if they get Enzo Fernandez, they get the boy from um, who they're pushing hard for by all accounts, Shakhtar Donetsk, who Arsenal are trying to sign. You've got the lad, the Leipzig centre forward coming in in the summer as well. Casado's meant to be going to Chelsea as well in centre mid. Listen, the price apparently Brighton as well. Yeah. They they are 
they they'll suffer if it proper people who understand football, Chelsea fans who know the game, they must sit there and realize if Jamie, if Liverpool were making all these signings now, me and you be going. Fucking hell. We're back. We're, We're back. back here. We'll take that in the chin here, but we have got some serious young talent. Because as you just did the nail on the head, Jimmy, they're signing the best young players in the world. You've got that kid who's meant to be a genius from Santos, 18 million. Bang. Yeah. Here you go. You're coming in as well. I'm telling you, they're, 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 there's nothing up with Chelsea, in my opinion, at the minute. They might suffer this season, but... So I want to I wanna talk to you about something that annoyed me. So I have to caveat this, but... I'm a gr- I'm being a bit of a grump at the moment with football. I'm not enjoying football. Jimmy may have realised this in our WhatsApp group. I don't know. Did we, we lose it? Yeah. <laughs> no, football is just. I really enjoy watching football. Non-Liverpool games are great. I'll, I'll just give me all the football content in the world. I'm happy. Liverpool are not good for my health at the moment. So, like, just I'm just a little bit on edge, right? And there was an article that Tank brought into my life and it pissed me <laughs> off uh, from the Daily Mail. So that should have been the fucking, that, that should have told me everything I needed to know before I opened it. But you know, I like me, well, I get rattled by football narratives. There was an article by the Daily Mail, which basically ranked all the biggest signings um, in, in recent, uh, I think it was from this season, um, all the biggest signings, whether they were a hit or miss, right? And I cannot believe, and I don't want this to become the Darwin Nunes show, but I am like team, you know, number one fan Darwin Nunes. But they were ranking players in terms of whether they've been hit, miss, or uh, the jury is still out, right? Let me give you the names of some of these, right? So, Anthony, you're a big fan, Jim. No, I'm not. You know, you make it like he's my favourite Is he got a stutter? Or did we break up? Did the signal go? No, look, yes. I, I was actually looking at the I was looking at the article actually just to see who was in there. But uh, no, I think you. I, I can understand the jury's out on on Anthony. To be fair, the jury shouldn't you, be out. He should, he should be fucking. He should be jailed for impersonating the footballer. <laughs> did you actually one, say man. that he was better than Ronaldo? Is that just Tank? Tank's name on the screen is Jimmy. Said Anthony is better than Ronaldo. <laughs> We, see, you didn't speak in a WhatsApp group because you were sulking because Liverpool were bad. So okay. me and Jimmy were <laughs> me and Jimmy, were, and Jimmy said to me, he went, Ronaldo started off like a bag of shit. Now, for me, yeah. he's compared to Ronaldo. Not at any point, not at any point did the words Anthony is better than Ronaldo ever come my, out of my mouth. We're arguing around. I've Anthony's just put a bit of tax on and it. And I said, the type <laughs> of player creative is, license, bit of creative license. I said, the type of play is. Just like Ronaldo, go Ronaldo first came here, he was awful. I did class. use the word awful. I did use the word awful. I did use it, and I didn't. I probably didn't mean that. What I meant was, he was raw, very raw, uh, and he got shaped into the player he is now. Whether Anthony will fulfil that potential, I, that's anyone's guess. But never Ronaldo in any way, shape, Ronaldo or form. Eh? Ronaldo was 18, 19 when yeah, he came over, and that's fine. Look. I'm not saying I'm not comparing the two. All I'm saying is I was using him as an example as to people coming here with raw ability that have gone on to be world beaters. Neymar, when he, I said the same about Neymar at Barcelona, he was yeah, raw. To Neymar now. Oh my yeah. God, Jim. Jeez. I'm not comparing. You're not helping yourself. My point <laughs> is certain players of certain skill sets go to places and they find they tend to find their feet. 
So you're saying I, can that I just Anthony say has... something, Jimmy? You know, sometimes, sometimes in life, what you're best doing, and I'm a bit older than you, as you pointed out before with me wrinkles. Okay, look it. Sometimes <laughs> in life, what you're best doing is just saying, to be honest with you, lads, and say it on the podcast now because everyone will hear it. I made a monumental fuck up when I said that Anthony <laughs> is potentially world class. I when never United said that. You're just putting words into my mouth. You're and putting then everyone words into my mouth. Hey, Jimmy. You just you may as well just say anything. You may as well just say that I said Connor Cody is better at stepovers than fucking Ronaldo. You may as well just say anything because this is say that actually in the WhatsApp group. You did say that. that. Potentially, I said Connor Cody will score more overhead kicks than Ronaldo will ever do. Yes, fair point. Actually, while we're on monumental fuck ups, I did think that Liverpool didn't need to sign a midfielder at the start of the season. I felt that between the eight players that we had. this I, I was like, look, if it means that we got to wait till the summer and get somebody in and we sell a few players and all that, I was like, look, we'll be fine. I was very, 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 very wrong. But we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, so a couple of other people in this article. So Anthony was classed as the jury's out, okay? Fafana <laughs> from Chelsea, classed as jury's out. Richarlison, Jim, who you're a big fan of, big Shut fan up. of. The jury is still out. Now, forgive me, has Richarlison scored for Spurs? No. He's been injured, hasn't he, though? No, but, but no, like, when we're talking about Harvey Elliott, you were going, I don't, I don't like talking about stats. Don't no, but like his, no, but his literal striker's job is to score goals. And is it, it, try- Harvey Elliott's a creative midfielder. How no, is no, no, it? No, 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 no we're talking about big money signings here. We're talking about no, big no, money no, signings. I understand that. And I would agree with you on Richarlison in a minute. He's falling short of what he should be doing. Because you can't lump one person who scored no goals. When I do it, Harvey Elliott is like, oh, but he's carried the ball 50 yards one time. Harvey Elliott, he's Harvey Elliott, he's fucking, he played a, a pass kid, into another pass. He played another pass. So that's good from Harvey Elliott because he played one pass 10 passes ago. Right, you finished and I'll, I'll come back to you. Well, don't Harvey. fucking say something, mate. <laughs> he's Why yeah, I know where Jimmy's pearly white come out. He's, all, he's struggling there. Uh, Harvey Elliott was different because you were just trying to say that you benchmark him by assists, and I have a fundamental. You're benchmarking with Charlotte by goals. It's a striker's job to literally. Is it a creative midfielder's job to get assists? Nah, but, lads, lads, let's get back on the topic because we're talking about <laughs> big money signing flops, not a 17 year old kid who cost three million at a tribunal. Fair point. No, because assists, I have a problem with assists, Jim, because you could give somebody an assist for a two-yard sideways pass and an open goal and someone taps it in. Right time, bro. No, not having it. Anyway, um so one goal as well, by the way. So who? Elliot. Mate, I more than Richarlison. (laughs) (laughs) So on that point, Richarlison is is classed as juries out, right? Nunes, who has a goal or assist every 97 minutes for Liverpool in his 23 appearances, I think, off the top of my head this season, is classed as a miss. A miss. Bizarre. Like, lads. Well, I, because he'd I, miss it anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, fucking fair play to you. So it's not bad, that. What, what, what's going on there, though, lads? Seriously, like, is it just... Why, why is that allowed to be done? Because it's just bollocks. Like, it's just yeah. bollocks tank, no? It's comical, and that's why I sent you the article. One, because and you know, you I wanted knew to it piss me off, Matt, you. But two, <laughs> like on in all serious notes, I mean, let let's put let let's speak fucking sensible now, the three of us, if we can. It's got a Jimmy. I'll struggle. try. Go on, we'll try. But 
when you're a big money signing, you get judged by your, your, your stats. Whether you like it or not, you get judged by stats. Oh, right. And that article for me, whoever wrote it, should be sacked. Because <laughs> Man, it's the most looking who wrote article. It, Nathan Salt, have a look at him on Twitter to see who supports. <laughs> who does he support? I don't know. Not I'm Liverpool, saying. Anyway. I, 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 listen, you, well, it, lads, we'll have to Ever get it to Twitter because I'll fucking hammer them on Twitter. I didn't <laughs> think of that. Um, but no, on a serious note, you know, you look at like four five of Chelsea, the centre back. I think he's a, he's an outstanding player, but he's not kicked a ball for them. He's, you not know, done he's, been, he's, been, he's done nothing. So how is that like an even a jury's out? Sterling. I mean, let's put things into perspective with Sterling. Sterling's been a shocking sign for Chelsea. I love Sterling as a player, but he was brought in to add goals to Chelsea to replace the Clark and Werner, basically. And he's he's been shite. He was still Jury's out in the this article, wasn't out, he? But you've got yeah. Nunes, who causes fucking carnage. Amazing to watch. 10 goals, 23 games. God knows how many assists. And he's a miss. It's like, come on. There's... Now, we're talking about agendas. Yeah, with team, let's be honest, because Liverpool are very bad at the moment. And he's got, the, he's got those in a team that isn't exactly flowing with confidence. Structurally, they're miles off. There's not a huge amount of interplay. And I seen a stat there the other day. Him and Mo Salah are the only two players, or Liverpool are the only team to have two players that have scored 10 or more goals in all competitions in the Premier League. So for all this talk, there's a, a bit of a partnership. There's a bit of a partnership going yeah, there. Go on, Jim. Is it 10 or more Jim? goals in all competitions or in the Premiership? All competitions. You said in all competitions I didn't. in the Premiership. I said yeah, teams right, well, from we'll, the Premier I'll, League. Teams right, from the Premier League. Minutes in, let me write this down. Look, I'll read, you're, I'll read you're rattled. Listen. You're rattled, and you need to listen I'm to what I said. I'm not rattled. I'm not rattled. So, a team that has two players that have scored ten or more goals in all competitions from the Premier League, a Premier League club. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're all right there. You did say that, but go I on. Did. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so. That was me. That was me. Rant of the week out the way. Um, I'm gonna let he's you. There, though. He's got what he's wanted. I told you last week. He's got his article probably gone through the roof. All you Liverpool fans are probably giving him shitloaded jip on Twitter, and he's got exactly what he wanted. So here's us feeding into that narrative that Jim raised. Are you literally writing down the time of, the, of what we just minutes. discussed? You're a wanker, <laughs> you lad. <laughs> um, <laughs> To be fair, it probably proved Jimmy's point there that you can say anything to a Liverpool fan and they'll get pissed off. It's not so, say but... anything. Well, you can say anything, but if you, no, you say it's... anything around Darwin Nunes and it's fucking, oh my God. It's it's just, I think it's unfair. I just think I think, it's deserve, I think he deserves backing. I, I would deserve to back up from all Liverpool fans because, listen, and we've had this in our WhatsApp group. I, Liverpool are fucking shit. Fuck. The only person who I'm interested in watching is Nunes. Yeah. Salah's shit. Salah's fucking being embarrassing. Yeah. But Captain Carnage, I love watching him because what he brings to the table. Yeah, there's not much. I think not... I could piss on all your kids and you wouldn't get as mad as if I said a miss for Darwin Nunes for this season. You'd be fucking fuming. <laughs> but you'd be like, ah, that's Jim. That's Jim pissing on the kids. Ah, fucking good old Uncle Jim. <laughs> you leave Darwin out of this, you prick. Yeah. But Nunes, you'd be fighting. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> uh, tank. I want so we we had a couple of other things on the agenda, but uh, time time has ran away from us, right? So I just want to finish on one thing. Liverpool do me head, and so I'm going to talk about it too much. Um, FSG in or FSG out for you? Should have been gone ages ago, mate. They've they've, they've served the purpose. You know, they've they've come in, they've spent not they haven't put one single penny of their own pocket of uh, their hands in their own pocket. Nothing's come out of it. Every every single 
money what comes into the club, what we put out of the club comes in from player sales. And I personally think that the reason why they're looking to get out now is because they've actually not really got many more assets left to sell for big, big money like your Coutinho's or your, your Suarez and players like that. I think they've run out of assets where we can go, like, who can we sell now? Uh, I mean, there was whispers about him talking about fucking Trent Arnold, what? allowing him to leave. Yeah, that was a kind of a background whisper. Yeah. That so, couldn't happen, Jesus. No, no, well, that, exactly, exactly. But So you kind of like, where did he go and what did he want to do? Because they bought the club for 300 million. The value of 3 billion now. So I, I don't really understand what they're thinking is. I mean, they're getting a lot of stick in America with the Red Sox because they basically decimated them and they've pulled all funding in them. And it's kind of like... There's I parallels between the two clubs. Yeah, I think as a Liverpool fan now, we should be really, really concerned what's going on with FSG because the other issue as well for me, uh, Jamie, is there's absolutely zero now in the last month or two months of any anyone being linked with the purchase of the club or... and. They're talking about investors. So what investor's going to come in and say, oh, yeah, we'll give you 300 million to go and sign loads of players. No problem at all. But what the fuck are you going to do? You know, you want all of our money. What and We'll get like 5% of the club. What are you doing? No so, investor in the right man's going to do it. They've got to, they've got to go. But the problem is they've got to go two years ago. And I, I fear for Liverpool or Tim. Jim, I was reading a couple of articles today and there was talk that Liverpool won't go into the transfer market for a midfielder this window. I'll be honest, and I say, as I said before, I thought between the Liverpool had eight, eight centimetres at the start of the season. I did not expect Fabinho's fall off to be as drastic as it has. Henderson was a little leggy, but I thought that he'd still be able to do a job. He, he looks, it, it looks like it's tough for him at the minute. Yeah. Naby Casey, you can't rely on him. You know, you expected him to put a run of games together. He just can't, like you were saying before with Calvert Lewin. He just you can't rely on him. Um, Tiago is needs runners alongside him uh, to flourish, in my opinion. He's he's the the icing on the top of the cake, but we're asking him to do dog donkey work, which it's like getting a as I said last week, it's like getting a Ferrari and driving around the estate in a Ferrari. Is no point if you're driving it at thirty miles an hour; it just doesn't fit. So that. I, I was wrong on that. I thought Liverpool could have could have got away with it for a season and absolutely could not have been more wrong because you look at the game against Wolves and it was like, I tweeted it at the time, it's like watching an over 35s midfield play and it's sad. I just think it would be so negligent for Liverpool to not get a midfielder in this window, but by all accounts, for whatever reason, they seem to be saying in the summer, it'll be 250 million we spend on the rebuild Surely it's right, been like that for the last few it years. It feels like so. Oh, you know, it's always it's next summer. summer. It's always the summer, isn't it? It's all, I always tell the kids, it's always tomorrow when they can have that ice cream. Oh, you can have one tomorrow, I promise. Yeah. Um, problem with your midfielders, you've got eight midfielders, but you've got about four good legs between them. So, literally, like, Fabinho, I've no idea. I think he's been swapped with his brother or something because he's <laughs> fucking literally like a different person, lad. He's had it, he's... He's come in and he's cross and gone, ah, fuck this, I'm off to Brazil. My twin brother's coming in because he can't run, can't pass, can't tackle. He's awful. Um, and I, I do feel sorry for people like Elliot and um, Tiago. What 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 happened to Arta? Is he just not, has he gone back? Or 
Is he just? No, he's, I think they're not going. He's, he's still with us, uh, but I don't think they're going to make obviously anything permanent because he hasn't kicked the ball. Well, I did kick a ball, he's, but not. Lads, he's not the answer anyway, is it? No, he's not the answer. We shouldn't be getting loan players in. Yeah. My big look, uh, Gakpo could be a great signing. It could be a great signing, but it's criminal if you've signed him over any midfielders because out of everything you've needed, it's not him. Although it's a great signing, that is not the if signing. You've, if you you've need. got the money for him, if put that for... on Casado. Go and get Casado for similar yeah, type two, money. Get, what do you think you get Alexis McAllister for? I don't. I don't know. He's probably now valued eighty odd million. Well, but... tax. Yeah. At the time, you know, maybe at the beginning of the season, you could have got him for 40, 50 million, which is, you know, what you pay for Gakpo. So that to me would be the biggest frustration because of as good as the signing it could be, it's not the signing you need. Um, And if that's what you've wasted your money on because you don't want anyone else to get him, then, you know, with some decent midfielders, I think you could have had a push for top four without without any coming in. I think you fall away, and that's that's just as big a hindrance because you lose, you know, fifty odd million in revenue plus you plus the um, what's the players you want to recruit type. Well, I I don't think that'll hinder you because I think they'll know you would you will come back. Hugh uh, Bellingham's not coming to Liverpool next season. Bellingham's not coming well, to. I don't think Liverpool. if you sign Bellingham, I'll. You know, I'll, I'll I'll wear a Liverpool shirt. But oh, if okay, I'll just get my pen out and write that one down. Now that is at 53, fifty-three minutes. Okay. Uh, I, I'd be very surprised if you sign Bellingham. But you know, I think. But he doesn't fix Liverpool's midfield problem. I'd argue well, that you need I to don't buy think four the midfielders now. The mid- all you need to go and sign is two people who's going to run the fucking dogs out of everyone and close yeah. and hound and you know, like you can find two cheap cantes. Mate, you'd be flying because then you can just feed, as you said about Harvey Elliott, is all they need to do is feed the fullbacks, wingers, striker, right? So you don't need someone like, as good as a signing Bellingham is, in reality, the way you play is no different to a McAllister. Or because all he's got to do, get the ball, run a few yards, give it someone else, right? Pr- put that's pressure how you on look. the opposition would be a fucking start. They don't even, they, they don't even pr- press that's people my point. anymore. So, like, if you're spending 150 million on Bellingham for him to press, like, you're not expecting your midfielders to get shitload of assists and goals. What you're expecting your midfielders as a Liverpool fan is be to pound, be horrible, chase down, get the ball. Give it to Salah and Nunes, Gakpo, Trent and Robertson. That's all you need to do. So if you get three of them fucking horrible bastards in there with a Tiago who can mix it up, spread passes, do a bit of the both and and whatnot, then then you've got you're back to your recipe for success. At the minute, you've got three, well, two show ponies in Harvey Elliott and Tiago with Henderson and Fabinho trying to do the hard stuff and not being backed up because that's not the way they're wired. Is and it, again, it's not it's not your recipe for for success. So, like I said, the gap post signing over midfielders would be the biggest frustration for me. Tank, last question uh, before we wrap up: uh, If Liverpool don't get a midfielder in, where do they finish? Eighth or tenth? In between eighth and tenth. That's I think bad, it's the best yeah. we can offer. Because the simple reason is, I mean, I put a, a little fucking photograph on social media the other day and I I, I was actually, 
I kept rewinding that because I was thinking this this can't be right. Oh, the, one the drop of the shoulder yeah. took six, and it was a ball from the centre half into the boy we've been linked with from Wolves, and he just dropped his shoulder, and he went. And if you have looked at the picture, you've got our three midfielders who were fucking ten yards behind him, chased him, can't get near him, and they actually had with the wide plays they had they had five v three against us and you're like that that can't happen at any for me that shouldn't even happen at like under 10s under 12s where you say after freedom go and enjoy that shouldn't happen at any level I'm going to make a quote now Jamie and you probably think I'm fucking mad I don't want Liverpool to sign Bellingham I don't want him because you know what I think what us Liverpool fans and the, another thing with the media narrative when you used to watch Sooners and all of them on uh, Sky and everything I think to get the best out of this Liverpool side, we need three dogs. We don't need Thiago. We need to go back to the days of Ronaldo, Henderson and Fabinho. Legs, legs, legs. And you allow Trent and Robbo to stay so far up the pitch, it's untrue. That oppositions don't know what the fuck to do. You allowed your three attacking men then just to interchange and cause absolute chaos. And if it fucks up, you've got three dogs who are going to just swoop, press, swamp all over people and just say to the fullbacks again, there you go, you do your stuff. It's no, it's no, it's not, no coincidence that Trent's only got one assist this season or possibly two now. It's no coincidence that. It's because we've had to completely change the way we play because the midfield can't do the job what made Liverpool's machine work so well. I would, and this is the, going back on Jimmy quickly for Gakpo. I don't understand why we didn't go and get that uh, Moroccan centre midfield. He's got a forty million pound buyout. Amrabat, him, yeah. Why not go and get him? Because he's horrible. He drags the best, the best type of horrible you can get. Yeah, he's horrible. So why not just say, I'll tell you what, we'll take the we'll we'll, we'll bite the bullet with Gakpo. Let him go to fucking Man U Spurs, wherever you want to go. We've got to get this horrible, nasty cunt in our midfield and make us some legs somewhere along the line, yeah. and then that. For me, get your top four football. It's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out, lads. What have you got on for the rest of the week? Anything exciting? Golf Thursday, mate. Ooh, go on, lad. Oh, How's man. the ang- handicap these days? Uh, well, just have a look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, all right. You tee him up. You tee him up. I'll watch him down. Right. I'll, give him, I'll give him that. Uh, right. I, don't I mean think- it. Go on. I was going to say, don't think it matters what your fucking handicap is now nah, after that comment, to be fair. Nah, <laughs> There's no nah. comeback there. Nah, nah. <laughs> what about you, hell. Tank? Much on? No, mate, just, just think about more fucking lines that abuse Jimmy by next Monday. Oh, by the way, I saw a fucking great... I'm going to send it in the group with a fucking great video that exactly like Tank. Uh, let me try and find it. I'll send it. Okay, yeah, yeah, keep that one. I felt, I felt bad about sending it before, but not after he's just said that now. <laughs> Right, lads, with that, uh, that's enough from us for this week. Uh, quick favour to everybody at home. Um, so, as we always say, if you can comment, like, share, all that good stuff. Um, but just make sure, if you can, listen to our podcast, subscribe. Uh, because I was looking at some of the data, and a lot of the listeners that actually listen to the podcast, whilst the numbers each week are growing, the subscribe account isn't. Uh, to the same level so if you could just click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether it's on audio or on youtube because uh, those type of things really do help so one ask from us one we hope you enjoy the show let us know any feedback number two just press that subscribe button for us and you'll be doing us a big favor so with that i hope you all enjoy the rest of your week look after yourselves and we'll be back with you next week on the boot room podcast all the best 
Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys.